0: Um, I want to point out that I also went to the Van Gogh Museum, did not develop any more of an appreciation for him because I took fucking shrooms and freaked out and left the museum before I got to really experience anything. <laughs> so.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. Today's episode is Friday flagship number 37, and this is being released on Friday, September the 14th. 2018. For those of you unfamiliar with the Friday flagship, this is our weekly episode where we discuss the news, current events, and all the nonsense that gets tossed around in the cryptocurrency space. Joining me today are my two co-hosts in crime, Brent Philbin <laughs> and Kareem Baruque.
2: I know crime.
0: Right, you're from Colombia. <laughs> yeah, I- I'd like to believe uh, that's be racist, true, Brent. however- Don't be racist,
1: Let's get on to some announcements this week. Gentlemen, Kareem, you are the contest winner. Congratulations.
0: Wait, I didn't sizzle. Hold on. I got to tell people what they're in for in this episode. Coming up today on the flagship, we got our contest winner. We're talking about the Coinbase BlackRock thing, Dash in Venezuela, the NASDAQ, Brazil's National Museum fire, some rants. I got a couple rants for y'all. Pri- we got dogly rants, prices, proud of something, and we're gonna. We got a couple more mailbag questions than usual on the show.
1: <laughs> wow. wow, good thing we got that in there. So cream, yeah, like really I good. was
2: saying. <clears throat> congratulations, you won. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Bitcoin uh, for just being stable and amazing. I would like to thank Ethereum for waiting until the contest was over to go on its massive drop. That was a very <laughs> thoughtful concern. <laughs> uh, and most of all, I would like to thank my co-hosts for both designing this contest and making such terrible choices, allowing me to lose 70% of my value and still win. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
0: <laughs> that was it? That was yeah. your whole speech? Yeah. Man.
2: Mm-hmm. Brent's would have been
0: 45
2: minutes long. Absolutely yeah. would have.
0: But taking the whole episode. <laughs> so y'all are lucky.
2: Well, I can't brag too hard. Here's the thing. If, if one of you guys would have won, it would have been like, oh, shit, look, I picked these obscure coins. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of seems like an amazing pick, but I literally just picked like five of the safest picks. So it is what it is.
1: I think it would be much easier to brag if you had made 10% and won the contest, but... I don't know. There's big part of it is like losing the least is a skill, but like I don't feel proud of that as much as I would feel proud of actually like performing better. Does that make sense? I'm pretty sure I performed better.
2: By you know, if you measure it mathematically, I performed better. Statistically, <laughs> I performed better. Math is idiotic. <laughs> so I got Brian. It looks like you have some little stats here. Yeah, I got
0: a couple stats about the contest. Cool. We uh, the, the coins that we picked to remind everybody, Kareem, what were yours?
2: I picked Bitcoin, I picked Ethereum, Cardano, Neo, and Dash, Dash, Digital Cash.
0: And Mike, yours?
1: My picks were Bitcoin, Neblio, Cos, Divx, and Dragon Chain.
0: And I picked, uh, I picked Stellar, Gas, um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Private, Private. <laughs> Bitcoin Private, and uh, Nano and Icon. So those were our, those were all our portfolios. If you weren't actually following along with that. So uh, Kareem won, Mike came in last, we know that. Uh, I actually had the best performing coin. Stellar only lost about 30% of its value over the course of the contest, so I picked that. Bitcoin was in second with about 35% of its value down for the whole contest. <laughs> I also had the worst performing coin with Bitcoin Private <laughs> at, n- no fucking surprise, at minus 93%. Um wow one one thing a little bit of a game theory thing that i did was pick gas since i knew that uh, that uh kareem would pick neo because i thought it would outperform it did it did slightly outperform neo so at least i did that correctly um and that was kind of all the like stats that i gathered there but
1: uh i actually got i want i have a fun little exercise real quick kareem if if we started this contest over would you change any of your picks and if so which ones
2: I think the only one I would really consider changing is the one that I considered changing a while ago, which was Dash. Uh, there's, I think there's plenty of room for other projects. You know, I'm a fan of Ontology. I'm a fan of uh, Horizon. Good um, job. Wow.
0: I would have called it Zencash. And if I had picked Zencash, oh. <laughs> which was PIVX, Zencash, Z Classic, are kind of like in the mix there for my privacy stuff, I would have won. So,
2: sorry, Rob. I let you down. Oh, wow. Imagine. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I, be, I remember
1: going through and looking back and – because Brent – the only thing Brent wanted to change was Bitcoin private. And if he switched that to PIVX, he still would have lost. Yeah, yeah so I, I would have had to switch it to Zen. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. No, Mike, and Mike, you could have changed you your three worst coins yeah, into yeah. something else. Well, Come yeah, on, of course. Mike. Yeah, imagine. Like, you're if, right. Sorry, if Rob. You take, he
2: let you down. If you take his worst <clears throat> performing five coins and replace them with the best performing five coins and you kept our portfolios the same – Brent would have won. Um, Did
0: you know that? Mike? No, I'm pretty sure I looked at.
2: That's I, just
1: how Brent's mind works. Like, we had a little situation yeah, before yeah. we
0: got
2: on air where, he, like, he just yeah. his his details are very yeah, yeah, hey, linear. Hey. Hey, he's getting ready for the episode, and he's like, all right, so I got some statistics. Um, <clears throat> I was right about a coin that outperformed another coin. That's very important <laughs> he's overall. Like, uh, he's like, yeah, guys, here are the important stats. I was better
1: than Kareem with Stellar. I was better than Kareem with Gas. But I, I was the win. worst. No, That's but, well, it. Man, I would conclusions, Brett.
0: Y'all want to do your I own research won. and pick your own statistics? You're welcome to. Uh, I oh think Zen Lordy. would have actually performed better than uh, than Stellar, so it would have definitely, it would have definitely. Horizon been, would have, I think so. I I, I right. remember looking at it pretty quickly. It's had a really Brett, steady value.
1: What would you change if you could change? If if you did this again, what would you change?
0: I, I going would, forward, yeah, I would get rid of. Yeah. Not going back in time. Yeah, no, I would get rid of Bitcoin <laughs> Private and I would replace replace it with a project that isn't a piece of shit, like any project. <laughs> Like that, I, I, I might do I, I would definitely put Zen in the portfolio. So it would probably just be an easy swap for that. I still like all of the other coins that are in there.
1: What's what is Zen?
0: Horizon.
2: Mm. Okay. Fair enough.
0: But no, it's still called Zen.
2: <laughs> oh my god, you guys.
0: I I would uh
1: I would probably have a pretty big makeover. I would keep Bitcoin and I would I would draw four <laughs> for those of you. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, those of you that know me, I would draw four. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, that's funny. All right, All so right. we do want to remind you guys. Um, we could have included a piece of news in the Friday flagship about Gemini launching a tether comp- competitor, but we covered that on stablecoins episode that was released on Wednesday. So go back and check that out, and uh, we highly recommend that.
0: In the meantime, we are going to talk about two more things. One, we're going to do. We're going to draw the winner here, and the winner.
2: We're about to announce Mike's punishment, so he left. <laughs> he just ran away. <laughs> All
0: right.
1: Real quick, funny story. There was a piece of hair on my screen that was right on Brent's face for the entire time we've been recording. And I finally decided to wipe it off. But, like, my swipe on my screen just closed. It, it sent my browser <laughs> backwards. Oh.
0: So, All we're right. back. So, as, as I was saying, we're going to draw the winner live. Kareem, what is our winner going to get?
2: Well, our winner, Brent, is first going to have his option of our monthly price, Uh, him or her. They're going to have the opportunity to win either a piece of crypto basic swag, which we will send to you, or you can choose to select a topic for our next 101 concept or coin, or you can ask each of us a question for the flagship But since you are the overall winner, we haven't drawn. We're about to draw live. is already sharing his screen. This is exciting stuff. He's on randompicker.com, or whatever it's called. (laughs) Or whatever. Anyway, yeah. But here's the grand prize. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Half an Ethereum. Boom. From the crypto basic. Podcast. At one point, that was valued
1: at seven hundred dollars. Yes. We are just giving things away at the Crypto Basic Podcast. Listen, we love you guys. Thank you for being part of our competition. This seven hundred dollar
2: value will be given <laughs> to.
0: <laughs> all right, about to here pick. we go. See this?
2: Hey, and all kidding around aside, this is like <laughs> probably like thirty to forty percent of Crypto Basic's uh, net assets. So. <laughs> we're really trying to go here. Oh, with, I thought uh, it was with, more than that. Yeah, we're we just. Happen to love the audience and want to reward whoever's doing All been right, here it for- comes. Please wait.
0: So long. The drawing has been successfully completed. Click here to see your results. Oh my God. I want to see. Uh oh. Who's it going to be? Live on air. Light years. Light years.
2: Light years. Light years. Light
0: years. Light years. You just won half an Ethereum. If, of course, they uh, they don't get to us by next week, we'll draw another winner or something. But I'm wow. pretty sure most of these people are active in the Discord. Light years. Congratulations. You also can. Light years. You also can pick one of the three things for winning the uh, the weekly contest. So, um, guys,
2: can I say something? I I just want to say that um, I love a lot of our supporting staff, but I'm really glad that that wasn't like uh, you know one <laughs> of like, our moderators. Of yeah, or like <laughs> like it's When like JJ. Candor, our contest is like. Uh, <laughs> no, we love you, crypto candor. <clears throat> Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. She was on my team, stuff. so she
0: only, she won the only yeah, yeah, one yeah, had yeah, a chance right.
2: to win. She can't win because she picked incorrectly. Man, I remember hmm. she loved your portfolio. She was all about uh, it. Yeah,
0: I mean, I love my well. portfolio too. I just didn't love Bitcoin Private.
2: Yeah, he did. We fought about it for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, he did. We literally begged you not to pick Bitcoin Private. That's the sweetest, the yeah. sweetest thing about this whole thing that we begged you not to pick Bitcoin Private, and <laughs> the irony is completely. And then he tried to get his switch. Remember that, Mike. Halfway through, he's like, oh, he's like hey, uh, guys, maybe, what do you say? maybe I should just get to redraw. It's not that, that big a deal, right? I wanted to fork. same portfolio. <laughs> uh, all right. Should we get on to some news? All right. I would love that. I don't think so, we've talked about
0: Mike's punishment. Ooh. So we can't go yeah, to the news We about that. Uh-huh. That part is really my, not that big a deal. And Kareem's trying to run by him. Mike was ready to let him go. He's like, yeah, we're
2: going to the news. It's, it's news time. Ah. All right. here. Here comes the punishment. (sighs) The the sentenced will now listen to his sentence. Michael Lockie, you have been found guilty of terrible choices for portfolio picking. How do you plead? Guilty.
0: He's been found guilty. He doesn't need to plead
2: anymore. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good point. You're you're mixing up two governments, Kareem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At least you recognize the, the, the error of your ways. All right, so oh, your man. punishment, Michael. <clears throat> so here's the situation. We originally got inspired by a Reddit story about a guy that said that if Bitcoin didn't get to a certain price or something, he was going to drink a bottle I of I believe it
1: was. he. It was two months ago. He made a post in their daily comment, chatter thread or whatever. He said, if Bitcoin Isn't doesn't below. hit 3,700... By September, he would drink a bottle of
0: ketchup. Wow. That guy has since deleted his account, by the way. Like, oh, yeah, he disappeared. Yeah, he got
1: Fucking shady scumbag
0: alert. Exit scam
2: to the fucking ketchup. Exit scam. Order in the courtroom. The sentenced will speak when spoken to. Michael, <laughs> are you ready for your sentence? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. <laughs> in order to represent Mike's portfolio... His punishment will be five mini versions of that ketchup challenge, and each bottle will represent one of your choices. For choosing Divix, a red logo, you will drink a small bottle of ketchup. (laughs) For picking Dragon Chain, a dragon, you will drink a small bottle of Tabasco sauce. For your choice of How small is small? About four ounces.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. About tree fitty. <laughs> About tree fitty. <laughs> by
2: by tree fitty. <laughs> For choosing costs and exchange nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> you will you will have to buy eat, drink a bottle of some knockoff brand that we don't know what it is yet. Nobody's ever but even heard of it. It has to be
0: a knockoff brand.
2: It has to be a knockoff like, brand. Like it dollar be a dollar tree a, brand of something? At best. At, at best? best. Oh man. <laughs> For choosing Neblio. A uh, a development team full of very white people. You will <laughs> <laughs> you will drink a, eat some horseradish.
1: Oh Jesus!
2: And lastly, lastly, as a reward for picking Bitcoin in a your reward, portfolio, eh? a reward for picking Bitcoin in your so not portfolio, all bad. Bitcoin can only be represented by something stable and smooth and beautiful. And for me, that's. Rum and Captain, so you will have four (laughs) ounces of Captain Morgan, but here's the thing. What's a normal shot size? 1.5. One and a half ounces, so you're going to have like two and a half, yeah. But here's the thing though, real quick, uh, because I love this part. The main lesson of this portfolio contest is that prices fluctuate randomly, and really we couldn't predict anything, right? So that bottle of, that little shot of Captain, which will go down smooth compared to the ketchup (laughs) And the Tabasco sauce that you're gonna be drinking, you may get it last, you may get it first, because the order at which you consume these substances will be determined by random chance. That, my friend, is your sentence.
0: And we will either do that live or we will record it. We'll let you know, but it will go on YouTube.
2: We'll do it live! (laughs) (laughs) Facebook Live seems
1: kind of interesting for this. Whoa. Maybe? You're onto something. We'll discuss. Alright, sweet. So if you guys want to watch me drink yeah. and eat a bunch of condiments, you know where to tune in.
2: I just realized we have a bunch of friends that might, that probably don't even listen to the podcast, but that would love to see this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was exactly my suggestion for Facebook yeah. Live. I might as well just put this out in the world. Who cares? <laughs> I lost um, my yeah. shame years ago. The okay. court has found Mikey also to have good sportsmanship. Which is why we took it easy with the uh, with the captain and the Bitcoin.
1: Well, you know, after Serena Williams' performance this weekend, I was just inspired to maintain her level of sportsmanship <laughs> that she provided. <laughs> Damn! Woo. All right, so we're about 15 minutes in, and we haven't really <laughs> talked about any stories yet, so I'm going to get this back on track. Brent, it looks like Coinbase and BlackRock are considering joining forces. Your thoughts?
0: Okay, as usual, uh, the title was Coinbase and BlackRock are looking to cr- to join forces for crypto ETF. Uh, BlackRock is one of the largest asset management firms in the world. So most people know them from the iShares ETFs on the stock market. So when you look for ETFs, they're all the little I and then shares. That's them. Originally, uh, somebody posted this when we were doing our, our cryptocurrency roundup on Tuesday. And we said we didn't know enough to talk about it, so we didn't want to talk about it. Turns out it's basically fairy dust. Uh, There is not really anything there yet. Coinbase contacted BlackRock about an ETF and they have a blockchain division. So like they made a call or an email or some shit and they're not like they had a meeting or they're thinking about it or their departments have said, yeah, we're going to work together. Nah, they just like somebody knows somebody called somebody.
1: So one of the things that, we ran into early on when we were, especially on the flagship, you know, cause we've, we record this sometimes on Wednesday, sometimes on Thursday, we're we're in much by the rhythm now than we used to be. We used to get frustrated with missing stories from that day. We'd get frustrated with something we missed or something that we felt like we should have covered. But this is a great example of like, even though that was something that came out and it could have been big news, it kind of would have been a waste of time to evaluate it. And that's what we like about letting a day or two go by is that the story is given a chance to pass certain credentials through the audience. And when that happens, it makes our job a lot easier. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> yeah. The only thing I'll say about this, I know we've talked in the past about how, you know, we're, you have to be very skeptical sometimes of journalism and headlines and everything. But I got to tell you, this space has really made me so jaded, I guess, because there's not that many spaces where the financial incentive is so strongly tied to the headlines, right? Like one little headline can make somebody holding the right amount of a coin, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever. So it's just rough, man, because i become super jaded. Anytime I see a headline now, I'm super skeptical and I'll, I'll into that a little later in the podcast. Yeah. Or I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I almost want excessive proof now. Sure, I'm of so course. And, and
1: I feel like I've learned that more from you guys in this podcast than I did you know, going into this. But it really is like, prove it to me. When I see a title, I'm like, this is what the person writing this article wants this to be. But what is it really?
2: Right. And oftentimes, don't forget that the person who writes the headline is actually a separate job from the person who writes the article, which would suck, by the way, if you write a good journalistic article. The headline is chosen like there's somebody else that just writes headlines. So you're like, oh, man, that's my response was the complete opposite. I was like, how do I get that job?
1: I would be (laughs) awesome at making titles and headlines. Yeah, but but they wouldn't be applicable. Yeah, they would be like, you won't believe forces to create journalism. uh, Fantastic Four. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Fantastic Four is the worst superhero team you could have picked. No, you're banned from writing titles. Every that was the, <laughs> All the that Fantastic was Four movies point. have sucked
1: I've also seen like none of them
0: <laughs> They're probably like all the right. worst superhero movies out there so far
1: Good to know So Kareem, looks like we have an update from Venezuela and the Dash community What is going on here?
2: Yeah, okay, so this one was really cool It was a YouTube video that was posted by a guy that was in Venezuela And of course, we've heard about Dash, we've heard about Nano in Venezuela But we've always kind of been a little warm about it. because Just because there's a small community interchanging money in a cryptocurrency in Venezuela doesn't mean that it's like something big like mass adoption, right? But this guy starts his video and the title of the video is Paying in Subway with Dash, Caracas, Venezuela. So right off the bat, I'm like, all right, let me see the actual content of the video. Let me see how hyped up this is. The guy starts... He's not in a rinky-dinky subway, like in a corner somewhere. He's at the food court in the mall, in like a nice mall. So right off the bat, that's even more interesting that a, that a subway at the mall is accepting dash. The guy goes up to like order a sandwich. He's recording himself. And while he's there, the credit card system in the subway... Like the little thing is out of order and they like, they like show it and everything that they're not accepting credit cards, but they're accepting dash. They have the little sticker and everything that says we accept dash. The guy behind the counter just like pulls out his phone. He pays in like, you know, a couple of seconds. And, and according to the guy at the subway, now this part is hard to tell, I guess in theory it could be staged or something, but it looked pretty real. I saw the video a couple of times just to make sure. And the guy said that the entire credit card system was down for the entire mall. So you could only be paying either with cash or with something like this, like in a mall in the capital of Venezuela. I don't know, man. Like this was one of the most convincing, impressive things that I had seen, and I just thought it was worth bringing up. I'll obviously, link to the video in the show notes. So, real quick comment: as I was, I was following along
1: in your notes while you're reading, and it says POS, and I kept thinking proof of stake instead of point of sale. Oh, yeah. so I was very confused. I was like. You mean the cashier said that the proof of stake cash systems don't work? I, what is this all about? I thought you were gonna like you were leading us to a good place, and you were gonna change your mind at the end. But right, right, that, right. Yeah, that was a way more interesting version.
0: That's that's super cool that people are able to just use. That's what we picture cryptocurrency as, right? Like someday mm-hmm. you go to a mall and Subway's like, yeah, bro, we don't want a credit card. We'll take the dash though.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and they're more dependent. You know, like this was this was like on a phone. It seems even more independent than even the credit card systems where like the credit card system has to be, I'm sure, maintenance by the company connected in a certain way. This is more like, okay, the owner of that franchise downloaded the app on a phone that he has at the register and that's it. End of story.
1: Yeah. As far as like your Dash wallet can effectively be the exact same thing as a cash register.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yep, that's super sweet. And I wonder how much a Subway franchise costs in Venezuela. I know they're like $100,000 here. Are they like
2: $10 in Venezuela? I mean, it's probably not super expensive. It's probably not super profitable either, though.
1: But yeah, as as my question maybe three months ago on this topic was, hey, Kareem, should, shouldn't it be cheap to buy stuff there? And he's like, yeah, it would be really cheap. But then one day they might just take it from you. So like, that doesn't seem like it has a lot of value. It's a good point. The point risk taken. is factored in. <laughs>
0: Right. We're nationalizing all the subways. They've been too profitable because they've been taking cryptocurrency. <laughs>
1: all right, Brent. Next story here is involving Nasdaq in, in trying to track crypto prices. What are your thoughts here?
0: Not track, predict crypto prices. So, I mean, that
1: is tracking to me like you use previous info to determine future info. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> the the Nasdaq is not trying to just see the prices, they're trying to predict the prices. Uh, going forward. So I almost actually skipped over this headline. Cause I was like, well, this is stupid, right? Cause like, I don't, I, I don't have a lot of faith in technical analysis and all that shit. And one of my primary things is like, how are you going to do better than a computer is going to do? Like, I don't understand how my subjective view of triangles on a chart is going to be better than a computer.
1: Brent, before before you go on, one of my thoughts, and I've heard you say that quite a bit on this show, and one of my responses is, is then somebody is going to be programming these bots to be more efficient. So, if, you, if you're if you able to remove the resource of time from the equation, that's what bots are going to do. They're going to be able to do everything so much quicker and more efficiently than any human is going to be able to do. So. What I'm liking about the start of this story is that we're going someplace where somebody could potentially be the one designing this software.
2: Yeah, so
0: they already... Oh, go ahead.
2: Or or they might not need to, which is another interesting part. Just uh, as something to mention, like now that we even have deep learning, sometimes it might just be letting a machine process the data, see how it changes, and then start finding connections that no one designed it to find, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, like we've noticed the machines are even... Better at being doctors sometimes at diagnosing right. the symptoms of what's going on with people. Uh, there was something recently where uh, they saved like a small number of lives, but like it was people who the doctors had decided you should pull the plug on them because they weren't going to recover within a year of being on life support or whatever. Oh yeah, and then they recovered. It, I can't remember. It was a, that was
2: a Chinese thing, right? Yeah, bro? it was a small
0: number, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but it was uh it was a low number and it was a very small percentage, but it was non-zero, like the.
2: Yeah, let's pretend it's one.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah. That's a person and they did wake up. Yeah. <laughs> when when people thought that they weren't.
0: So um anyway. So I, I've actually sent an email to the team on this one to find out more about how this thing works because it was behind a it was behind a paywall, a lot of like the the features. There was a demo video. But what they're using here, uh this thing is called um I didn't put the it's called something. It's called like the something desk of NASDAQ or whatever. It's, it's meant to predict future stock prices and stuff like that, but it's all machine learning. 100%. It's not a person doing this. It is an algorithm that has been programmed with all of the following information to figure out what it thinks prices of legacy assets are going to be in the future. Systemic exposure, news exposure, supply chain exposure, emerging tech, earnings quality, ETF references, social media sentiment, technical analysis, Twitter, Twitter specific analysis, quantitative analysis, the alpha of each individual thing, corporate filings, earnings. And I want to notice that only one of those 10 things I said was technical analysis, but they, they, you know, they factor it in and all of that is going to be factored into predicting future prices on legacy items and crypto items. And I will take this, whatever this is, without even knowing anything about how the algorithm works or what it's doing. I'll take whatever program this is versus your top 100 fucking crypto YouTubers that uh, that sit there and tell you about all the dragon patterns and stuff. So it's not ready yet, but.
1: Yeah, I've, I feel very strongly uh, on Brent's side of this. I believe that something like this absolutely could and will be difficult to beat as a human and I believe that there's a very good chance this could be extremely extremely successful and and well for them and honestly like this is why I pulled away from trying to learn too much from this
0: perspective
2: yeah no agreed I mean they can sink tremendous resources into this and ultimately you know regardless of analytics
0: hub is what it's called I just googled it
2: this uh Machine learning tool is going to be called analytics it, hub. It, They
0: already have the analytics hub. The crypto part of it is going to be added. They started it in 2017. Okay. And it uses natural language processing to do this. So I'm pretty sure it's programming itself. I don't think people are programming it. I think it's learning on its own.
2: Well, it says machine learning, right? So like the machine learning, the whole point of machine learning is really not that you're programming how it thinks, but that it's doing like a like either a neural network or kind of like a trial error type of thing. Um, Yeah, no, it's, this is really interesting. And I think it's ultimately the way that things are going to go. Like, it's just a matter of time, whether or not this is super successful tomorrow, next year, in two years. Like, yeah, we, within 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, machine learning tools are going to get better and better. They have more processing power. Computers are going to be more powerful, more speed, more power, more everything. And you know, it's like a lot of other things, you know, machines are going to get much better than humans. Um, so this just seems like it's a matter of time, whether or not this is the story that proves it, I guess.
1: Kramer, have you had a chance to watch the Joe Rogan and Elon Musk interview? Not yet. Oh man. (laughs) You're in for a treat.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say Brent, what about you? I,
0: I have not watched it yet. I've obviously seen the picture. Do you plan on mm-hmm. it? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. It. Depends. Yeah, I, I was
1: figuring Kareem was probably in the yes, and you were probably in the whatever. I, mean, I like Elon Musk just... a lot,
0: and I've probably heard a lot of the stuff that he's saying. Like I've read like kind of what he went over. He talked about like being in a simulation. He talked about like some of the stuff that he's putting forward for the future. Uh, some people have even said that it was kind of cringy the first like 45 minutes uh, because. He's so much smarter than Joe, and he's kind of like specter me that like Joe was having a real hard time following what he was saying and asking important questions. But you know,
1: I don't know. I haven't. Seen I it. think that I think that response is a huge stretch. I mean, Joe's smarter than I am, so like it's over my head too. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I, i I'd be, it would be tough for anybody. But it to was be like interview. Yeah, you know? I
1: mean, I, I'm, I'm already two full listen start <laughs> to finish through, and and this is a two and a half hour commitment, but it is amazing.
2: You know, it's the only thing, though, that I would do, wish is because uh, I'm a huge fan of Elon as well. But again, this is one of those areas where sometimes I feel like we take the opinion of one person who is an expert in something and then we just apply it too broadly. And I think that Elon is just an, like an example of that, where, you know, like when he talks about like physicists, like theoretical physicists have addressed his simulation theory, for example, and not his simulation theory or the one that he subscribes to and it doesn't really have that much weight behind it, but people are like, well, it's Elon Musk. Like, okay, yeah, but just because you might be really good with space flight or propulsion or electrical cars doesn't mean that you're a theoretical physicist, an AI specialist, whatever, you know? Of course, he's allowed to have opinions and all that. I'm just saying that I, I don't like the way that sometimes society gives too much weight to experts' opinions when they're opining about fields that is not their area of expertise.
1: Oh, but here's the way I look at something like that is that... I, I now went from like fractions of a percent to maybe like one percent i've I've opened some doors a little more on several different topics that are a little more interesting to me now than they were or I got some clarity on some words that you hear a lot but don't know the full definitions of it was just a lot of these concepts that were more theoretical but now have some more substance to them to me and anywho let's move on to crypto from around the world <laughs> Last week, it was a little bit of a buzzer beater. Uh, I forget who brought up the story. Degenerate Brahmin. Okay. Degenerate Brahmin asked Kareem his opinion on the story. It was a little too short a notice at the time. However, Kareem has followed up with that request. What happened in Brazil?
2: Yeah. So you guys have probably heard by now that there was a big fire in the National Museum um, in Rio de Janeiro. So i to go look at a couple of stories just to give a more I Figured that instead of a mailbag, it would be better as a news item so we can actually talk about what happened. So the museum, just to give you an idea, was founded 200 years ago while Brazil was still under Portuguese rule. And it had Egyptian stuff, like ancient Egyptian artifacts, Greek, Roman stuff. Um, the really sad part about this whole story is that the museum had been having budget problems. They've been cutting its budget And based on them not having adequate infrastructure, a lot of the scientists that worked with the museum or in the museum had begun as early as like 2004 saying, hey, this is really dangerous. There could be a fire here because not only did they have poor wiring, they didn't even have sprinklers in the museum. They had no sprinkler system whatsoever. And on top of that, when the firefighters got there, the hydrants were under like they were basically ran dry too early. Because they weren't properly maintained, the fire unfortunately did consume a huge scientific collection uh, between fossils, artifacts, you know, archaeological, all that kind of stuff. We're looking at approximately twenty million items that could have been lost. Damn, twenty million individual items. Twenty million individual items between you know, like now, of course, are they counting
0: like every bone?
2: Well, it depends. It depends usually on how these, um, specimens are found. Like a lot of times an intact skeleton would be considered maybe one item. But if you have, let's say, all you have is like a shoulder and a pelvis of some creature or some early human, you might consider that two items, but still 20 million items across biology, archeology, span you know, history. Um, it's really sad. So to give you guys an idea of the kinds of things that were lost, this is just a few collections. Um, they had a bunch of frescoes from Pompeii. Those are like the wall paintings where the colors are, the way that it's made, it's built into the wall plaster itself. So those were probably lost. They had hundreds of Egyptian artifacts, including a 2,700-year-old sarcophagus. There were That's audio older than Jesus. Of, it is older than Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um, there were audio recordings of like indigenous languages that are not spoken anywhere anymore. So they had been captured like in the 1920s and 30s when you went into the Amazon and found these tribes. You had people record them. Nobody speaks those languages. They're lost languages and some of these were the only recordings. Uh, oh, I, how far back do audio
1: recording savings go?
2: Um, 1800s. Probably 1800s. Really? I don't know why. That
1: seems like but Mike, storing the – like, I, I, so the telephone was early 1900s. Am I remembering that right? Sounds about right. And – Obviously, that's way different technology, but the the capturing of audio, like I just my brain isn't really comprehending how they're doing that so early.
2: Well, I mean, think about like even the old school eighteen seventy seven um,
0: phonograph by uh, yeah. So Thomas especially
2: Edson. early nineteen hundreds, they they already have that tech, you know. But and, something new every flagship, and and we have to think that really from like the late eighteen hundreds to like nineteen fifty post World War two, you lose a ton of indigenous countries around the world because that's where like there's. We, we've we gotten everywhere, all the jungles, all the islands, all the everything. Uh What else we've lost? There was a 3,500-year-old Chilean mummy, uh, 1,800 urns, statues, and weapons from pre-colonial South America, so there's probably a few cultures in there. It could be Chipcha, Inca, whatever. Well, probably, I don't know how much Inca stuff there were in there, but anyway. Um Dinosaur fossils, uh, including there was one that had... One of the best preserved muscle fibers, where the way that it fossilized, you could actually see the muscle fibers. So it was like a really valuable specimen. Um, one of the oldest human specimens known as Luisa, which is a human that is, is—I uh, didn't write it down here, but it's, it was 11,000 years old.
0: Whoa,
2: that's older oh. than Jesus. <laughs> Great. That's five times older than Jesus. <laughs> it's 5J. <five> <laughs> yeah, 5Js, five, 5 Jesus's. They had the best preserved collection of uh, pterosaurs, you know, the flying ones. They had the best one in the world, and that was lost. Pterodactyls? Pterosaurs. Uh, pterosaurs. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> and they, were, they had like a really nice T-Rex skull that was also lost, and they lost a bunch of other stuff. They had tons of butterflies, uh, exhibits. Roughly 19.
1: Like, 19.9 million other things. <laughs> yeah, roughly. Not,
2: like 20 million. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The T-Rex skull was estimated to be something like 150 j's of h. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's I mean, a lot talk- of Jesus. Yeah. It's probably a lot more than that. I, that was pretty bad math. But <laughs> that's anyway, that's like a whole auditorium of Jesus's. I think it's a double tragedy here. Number 1 because it could have been prevented. This was just underfunded. This is the fact that you know, we have whatever Every country has its specifics, but unfortunately, in a lot of countries, the sciences and cultural stuff is not really valued anymore. These guys have been underfunded for years. They've been claiming the alarm saying, hey, we're going to have a fire. We're going to have a problem. We don't have the system to deal with it. They had even began a process to transfer a lot of these artifacts to other museums because they knew that it represented such a risk, but they didn't have the money to transfer the items. And, you know, like these specimens, just important to think about, like they represent thousands of hours of thousands of scientists like you have the people who discovered them who analyzed them who study them who labeled them who preserved them so it is really sad it's a big loss uh one little silver lining the museum of course because of lack of budget hadn't begun um digit uh you know preserving everything digitally taking pictures so wikileaks started like a drive wikipedia. where they're saying it uh oh it was wikipedia i don't know why i put wikileaks Wait, was it Wikipedia? I want to see No, it was Wikipedia. Yeah, it was Wikipedia. Thank you, Brent. Um, but Wikipedia started a drive to try to preserve it. So they're basically saying, if you have gone to the museum, if you took pictures of any exhibits or anything, upload everything so we could start trying to, you know, get as much as we can, preserve as much as we can. But overall, it is sad and it and is a big loss and we should preserve you know, these things. And um, and a lot of these things are waiting to be restudied in case anybody thinks like, oh, well, you know, we already got everything we could out of that information. Not really, because you could have a fossil that was found in the 1940s, studied, preserved, and now it's 60, 80, 70 years later. And with new techniques and new equipment, scientists from around the world could go and restudy these specimens and learn new things. And now we've lost a bunch of them, you know, Uh, obviously luckily we have a lot of that around the world but it this is still a big loss for a totally preventable reason
0: also kind of interesting that you decided to say 60 to 80 to 70 that was a an interesting (laughs) order to put those numbers in i I heard that i was like wait what i don't think i've ever heard that before but yeah this, this is this sucks i don't know if crypto could have saved this but it's it's certainly i don't know if it qualifies as crypto around the world it's certainly around the world but it's interesting
2: I don't know if you noticed I specifically in the title I put I see it around now, the world. Did <laughs> today I labeled the category around the oh, world. You I, it? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I just like added it into when we were, when we were transitioning. I was like, "Eh, you
0: probably forgot." I I guess I missed it. Okay. I, I was also dealing with my dog being, you know, being him. So. <clears throat> Cute.
1: All right. So we're going to move on to the ranch for the week. Brent start us all off. All
0: right. All right. I've got a I've got a little rant. Like I was just uh saying real quickly, my dog was uh I was having to deal with him. So this is a dog related rant. A- and it's it's just like a little microcosm for for how difficult a road crypto still has, despite what we know about it. All right. It, it, how am I gonna relate my dog to crypto? I, I understand. This is like a this is big, big jump, right? Rants don't have to be crypto related. It's do like it? a dog, but on the blockchain. Okay. All right. <laughs> and- it's a it's puppy like, bell right, on the black. It's cage. like a crypto kitty, but it's a dog. I know. Okay, so mm. we have this dog leash. Now we have two dog leashes. We have the regular ones with the little loop around them that you've seen before, and then we have the strictly better dog leash, the one that like is variable. Of you've seen these, they're like bigger. They're uh, they fit perfectly in your hand. They're retractable. Yeah, they're the, the, the length changes, so it's not pulling. Your dog's not pulling on it and like choking themselves the it changes length retractable.
1: Yeah, we get it. Press and
0: hold the button to stop it if you wanted to. Basically better than the regular leash in every single solitary way, right? When I'm here and my either my dad or my girlfriend take out the dog, they always 100% of the time use the shitty leash.
2: Oh, that would tell me.
0: Okay, and what I say is like, why don't you use the better leash? And they just say I like this one better. There is no logical reason behind why they have not adopted the better technology, but I just like this one better. And every time cuz he's got a little harness, so like the leash stays kind of attached to it, I have to take off their shitty leash and put on my good leash.
1: So, mm, okay. So I I was not convinced that I would have an issue with this at all until it created additional work for the proper leash. Now I also have an issue with it.
2: I I have an issue with it from the beginning, and here's why. Because I think that the people who are using the shitty leash are only thinking about their experience because it's marginal or break-even at best, or maybe it's a little more uncomfortable in the hand. But for the dog, it's a significantly better experience because he has freedom and he's not constantly being pulled. So it's kind of a selfish move to use the shitty leash if you have the retractable leash. I have a problem with it. Brent, your rant seems justified if you care about the dog. Yeah,
0: well, and also... Just technology adoption. That's the, that was the parallel I was drawing. Yes, it is way better for the dog. But the, the fact of the matter is that like, not everybody is going to always use the better technology, no matter how much clearly better it is. And, and there's not even like, it's actually harder for them to take, like, it's harder for me to take their leash off to put mine on. It's harder for them to take my leash off to put theirs on. They could just use mine and save a step. But they're not. They're actively going back to the worst technology and doing it. And it's two against one? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, my dad never takes the dog out. Like, I. Right. You know, if he happens to be here and he happens to want to take the dog out, he does. But, like, JJ almost always switches the leash. So it's very. Uh,
2: Just hide that leash. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. I could. I could hide it. But then, well, you know, you know what happens if that happens? She buys a new one. Glenn, where's the leash? I hid it from you. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, and then.
1: Actually I have a really funny story about my dog That kind of fits in here It involves the leash um, So between Kareem, Brent and I We have a total of four dogs that add up to about 40 pounds <laughs> um, That's about right So my girlfriend's dog is 13 years old He's a, uh, a Yorkie And he moves at a rate of about half a mile per hour At all times um, <laughs> Which is great Because that's about what I move So a couple weeks ago my girlfriend was out of town and when I'm in, solely in charge of the dog, it's very smooth in general. You know, we have a lot of understandings. He gets me, I get him. Everything's good. So I walk up to the door one morning. I'm literally like fresh out of bed. I know it's the first thing I got to do. And this is not a routine I'm very good at. But I'm fresh out of bed. I, I find some shorts to put on. I don't even have shoes on. I don't have a shirt on. It's somewhere in the like 7.45 a.m. range. And what I did this time was I walked the leash in my hand all the way to the front door, and I decided to open the door so that I could lean down and set the leash on and then have the retractable leash just let him go freely. So for the first time of all time, I opened the door maybe like two inches, and he darts out at a zillion miles an hour. I've literally never seen him move the speed. Now, mind you, I've walked him without a leash before. He I, I, he doesn't move faster than me. I've You know, and I don't do that very often, but like super late at night, I don't find it a big deal. Now that he has a hurt leg, it's easier. (laughs) But this caught me off guard so bad that I opened the door and I hear an old lady in the street shrieking, like screaming at the top of her lungs. And now my instincts, I am running full speed in just a pair of basketball shorts at an old lady at seven in the morning at the street. And I catch up to the dog right as he is. so the lady's like walking a like full size poodle like a fifty pound poodle or whatever, and my dog's all of eleven pounds at most. This lady is shrieking like death, and I am chasing this dog. And I get to him when he's like a foot away from the dog, and I and I'm able to grab him, but I trip and fall. So now I'm. I'm only in basketball shorts at 7am chasing a Yorkie and doing a full on barrel roll in the middle of the asphalt.
0: <laughs> oh. uh, do you have any, you have and any war
1: wounds from that? <laughs> I, I don't, but it happened a few weeks ago and I've had nobody to share that story with. And I'm happy that you guys get to listen to it. It was
0: awful.
2: Wow. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. So what the old lady say? Like, <laughs>
2: get your dog under control, you fucking whippersnapper. Uh, exactly those words, Brent.
1: Oh, uh, It's definitely a blur, but she was just very like, I was just like, sorry. Also, the leash was in my hand. (laughs) I'm running with the leash in my hand. So it's like, I don't know, man, like cut me some slack there. It's a a 10 pound dog. Like he's not hurting you. It clearly escaped. Right. And like I made maximum effort to like stop it (laughs) the whole time. I don't know. That annoyed me a lot.
2: I, I did have one time, I'll make this quick, but one time when I was still in Tampa, I ordered Chinese food and this like lady comes in and I open the door and Ramsey's runs out barking. Again, miniature Dotson, nine pounds. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a bark, but you could just like kick him away basically. And she's like freaking out. dude. She was like jumping and, and like screaming like, ah, ah, ah. Like I was like, <laughs> like I think if she would have gone like, oh my God, I would have been like, oh, Ramsey's. But like, her reaction was so over the top that I was like frozen in, like <laughs> is she for real, bro? Like, I was just like watching it happen. I couldn't I couldn't stop it. I was it was like a like a train wreck. You just So
1: I get that, like there are plenty of people that don't like dogs. And I get that. But like I don't know. The lady in my story, she lives walking a dog. Like to me, I don't no, know. No, but
2: yeah, but her dog's on a leash and this dog comes running. I get it. Like people get mad. When your dog is off the leash. and if, they- if
1: I were her in this story, I would definitely be like, whoa, what's going on? But like, I don't know. I feel like I could quickly assess people, the People get mad and- at other people
0: for a lot of like random stuff. Like I've never walked Zorro with a leash, but we got in trouble uh in this neighborhood when we got here. Like he, he used to, uh, <laughs> the way my dad originally used to walk him is he would open the door when he wanted to go, let him out. He would go out for like 15 minutes, walk around the neighborhood. He'd come back, bark at the door, and we'd let him back in. So, like, it was he's real easy, but like, we have to put him on leash here. So, anyway, that's that. Uh, Not here all that often. You
2: got another rant here? Yeah. So, somebody, this was from a post on Reddit. I don't remember which subreddit. I think it was one of the Ethereum things, but he posted eight months ago. And like, whatever, he reposted to brag about it, but it was kind of funny. I wanted to rant a little bit about the types of comments that people were saying, just to put it in perspective right now that we're in a bear market to use this as a learning opportunity. So when Ethereum was at 1200, this guy goes on Reddit and makes a post and says something along the lines of like, hey, I remember when Bitcoin was around 1200 and it fell down to 200. Be careful. Be careful out there. Just basically saying, don't go crazy. This isn't going to go up forever. These were some of the responses that he got at the time. Response number one, whether or not uh, it could happen again. Somebody wrote, fuck no, it couldn't happen again. Bitcoin dropped from $1K to 200 and crypto entered a multi-year bear market due to one event that couldn't possibly happen now. They're referring, I believe, to Mancox there. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm sure they're referring to, but why that person thinks that this can't happen again is beyond me.
2: Understood. Number two, no one thinks that two hundred is possible again. Bitcoin crashed to two hundred because of a hack in only one exchange. One of the only exchanges. Number, I mean one of the only exchanges. Number three, sorry, but your metaphor doesn't apply here. Bitcoin crashed because of Mt. Gox. It also had a tiny market cap, centralized trading for the most part, and it was still relegated to nerds, criminals, and very early speculators. Oh, what are we? Okay, I. I love this comment right here because I think is very emblematic of the fact that you can just start making up whatever you want and making it sound right. Like this guy doesn't have, we don't have like a real good, Analysis of what the composition of those people were or how it compares. or my, like he's just, saying, he's just saying things that are true but don't necessarily indicate anything about the future or the price or the correlation or anything. And he's just like, oh, it was just nerds, criminals, and early speculators. Okay, well, what do you consider a nerd? What is an early speculator? Are, were they really all criminals? Like nobody else was using big... Like, it's just ridiculous stuff, you know? And on my favorite comment, somebody wrote, someone banned this guy.
0: Yep, that's what the Somebody, our Bitcoin subreddit would have done.
2: Exactly. So the reason why this is an opportunity is because when times are good, people just will make themselves believe whatever they want, and they're very critical of anything that says, Maybe not, we don't know, this could be overvalued, and you should you should not fall into that trap. And I know that if you listen to Crypto Basic, you probably don't because we talk about this stuff all the time. But this is just such a perfect example. You know, it's a little subreddit. It's a community, but it becomes an echo chamber because when somebody comes in with a totally rational point and says, hey, be careful, don't overextend yourself because this upward trajectory won't continue forever. People respond with anger. People respond with, ban this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Your metaphor is bullshit because they don't want to believe it. So, I guess that's my rant. Let's be humble. Let's remember that markets always fluctuate. Never spread yourself too thin. Don't expose yourself to excessive risk. Like These are basic concepts that don't disappear just because we're excited about a new technology. My quick
1: thoughts are, eight months ago, I probably would have been in the camp of I don't think 200 is very likely or possible but of course I know that anything's possible and yeah I would you know, have bet
0: against it but I mean even
1: I definitely would have bet against it pretty heavily but at the same time like what are prices right now it's it, we're so early into everything we the money moves in so many directions like we have concerns about maybe you know a lot of this is ICOs cashing out a lot of things you know it's just a bear market there's so many factors that are beyond our comprehension that things go in what can only be known as random to us and you know i would have said if i i would have probably said it wouldn't go below 600 but like well who am i what my opinion doesn't matter but it's just an opinion
2: we don't know shit and and as i've been saying from the beginning unlike companies we don't have ways to really measure what these assets are worth. Okay. Like, yes, we can argue about whether or not Tesla is overrated or overpriced. We can argue about Google. We can argue about any stock. But at least there is an entire process that has been developed over decades, right? By experts. And there are tangible things like your assets on book, your, you know, how much debt you have, your income, your sales, your overhead, your et cetera, et cetera. When it comes to blockchain, these projects are so young that we really don't know. Some people will be like, oh, well, we use Metcalfe's law and and measure the value of the network. Okay, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but it's a little tenuous. We don't really know, especially if a lot of that network is just speculators or people that aren't going to transact. Or in the case of Ethereum, if a bunch of those dApps don't really work or aren't really providing value, are we going to have adoption, et cetera, et cetera. Bottom line is, this is going to be a very long process. It's going to take a lot of maturity, but we don't know where we start, where we stand, and we're just learning how to evaluate these networks. So, going back to Brent's comments about the YouTubers that are like, "Oh wow, look, you know, look at this. Neo Neo is really underpriced." Go check out
1: Brent Reed's coin market cap on our YouTube channel <laughs> if you want to get an idea of yeah. what we think of the other crypto YouTubers.
2: Yeah, I mean, the idea that something is cheap because it was more expensive a month ago. Is not a very solid rationale. We don't know right now. You look at Ethereum, and it could be very cheap, and it might not be. Could be overvalued. It might, be. it might still be overvalued, and we're still correcting.
1: And there's no evidence that the markets are correct. And there's no evidence that even though, even if we come up with a decent evaluation, whether it's higher or lower than the current market, we have no. Time frame where it's going to reach its current value, or we have no idea where this is heading. It's, you know, one of the things that we talked about, I want to say maybe two months ago, it was some kind of mailbag question regarding mass adoption. And that has kind of stuck with me for a long time. And I'm starting to notice like how many really basic things that myself and others don't do that they should. A great example, Brent, with the leashes, man. Like, how, how do you get mass adoption in your own home with a strictly superior leash? We can't force the entire world to accept blockchain, man. And my big fear is that people aren't going to be willing to take the time to see what it's all about. And I think that's a very real possibility.
0: Uh, CZ tweeted out, and it's a bit of a generalization, but he said, uh, I don't know anyone that fully understands blockchain that doesn't believe it's the future. Uh, which is, you know, there are probably some people that fully understand it that disagree, but I, I agree yeah. that most people that I finally like explain bottom up what blockchain is and how it works tend to think, wow, this is actually really cool. But so few people know that that it's tough. Okay, I'll give, I'll
1: give you a great counter argument. I don't know hardly a single thing about cloud computing or using clouds or or using these things. And this is a very useful technology that I have never taken the time to be familiar with, even though I bet it could improve my life in many ways. There's no part of me that's gonna say that cloud technology isn't super useful and beneficial, but I don't know. I'm not gonna help support the mass adoption of that.
2: Yeah, you kinda do. Yeah, but okay. Datto yeah, drive this is this is where Google I, drive. Yeah, this is where I disagree. Like it doesn't It's not about people choosing to adopt this technology. It's about this technology becoming so essential and integral to many of the things that you use that you automatically adopt them. It would, again, with the Internet, I don't think that a lot of people made the conscious decision of, you know what? This Internet thing is starting to look really cool. I'm going to get involved. No, you just little by little, your life starts becoming like more and more relevant, more entertainment on the Internet, more games, more connections, more work. So when you talk about cloud computing, like Brent said, we have to use cloud computing for this podcast. We use it with a drive. And more importantly, the people that have to share information become more and more forced. That's going to happen with crypto. In the sense that, yes, of course, this is going to play a role in the future and it'll slowly and slowly become more and more essential to more and more groups. However, it's important to remember that we can be right about the fact that crypto is the future and still be in an overvalued market, just like Tesla. Electric vehicles are the future. I don't care what anybody tells me. For sure, electric vehicles are the future. Of course, they are. We need to go off of fossil fuels. However, is it possible that Tesla's overpriced? Of course it is. A hundred percent, it's possible that that stock is overpriced and it might never live up to its expectations. The same can happen to tons of crypto projects. And, you know, we just have to go through the traditional rules of investing, invest in what you believe in, try to like make sure you manage your own portfolio, manage risk. Just if something just went up a bajillion percent in six months, pretty good chance that it could go down a bajillion percent in six months because the variance going up is indicative of the variance going down.
1: More so about the point that I was trying to make about actual mass adoption for blockchain technology. It's more the point I was trying to make is that we might be 20 years out. We might be a real, like, I I agree. I'm in the camp that I certainly believe this has every possible option of taking over many sectors, replacing a lot of technology. I think this is a fantastic thing for the future. I'm just worried about how long it's going to take. And I want people to know that, like, I think it's possible that in, like, 2030 bitcoin's like five thousand. now i think that's very unlikely and i'm not willing to bet on it but like i can't sit here and confidently say that that's not going to happen right it could also be a hundred thousand dollars in 2050 you know but it might take that long to see any relevant returns but i do and obviously that's also assuming that bitcoin still remains a dominant force which we've uh, me and Cream more so believe that that could still happen. Uh, Brent, I'm a little uh, unfamiliar with your stance there.
0: I don't know. I, I I've I've gotten yeah, more bullish I mean, on B- Bitcoin than I was when we started the podcast because it stopped being shitty, <laughs> but like right. it's uh and it still now has the biggest uh, market dominance. But if if it didn't fix itself uh from from the real big bear market there or bull market there when it was like fifty dollars a cent Bitcoin, it would have it would have been taken over by Ethereum, but it did. It fixed. So it's the interesting the interesting thing about crypto, correct? So anyway, just that was a lot of like uh bully berry cautionary tale. I still believe that all this stuff is gonna be worth a lot more in five years than it is now. But I believe that knowing wholeheartedly that zero is a possibility. So Well,
2: I don't believe I don't think Bitcoin could go to zero, but we could continue to talk. But I actually think you can't. I, I,
1: I just want to make sure that like my voice was understood correctly. I, I do I'm very bullish on the crypto markets, and I obviously am invested. I do a show every week. I believe, but I have to keep the mentality that anything could happen, and oftentimes the price is completely out of my control. So what it is is what it is.
2: Oftentimes, yeah,
0: not not always. You, just sometimes the if price. If you is- had <laughs> millions, it might be in your control a little bit. You could like do some manipulation.
1: I meant more like when I decide to buy, when I decide yeah. to exit. No, like. no, no. Of
0: course, of course, of course. All right, mailbag, let's well, wrap well, this well, up. Whoa, 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 whoa. We skip my other rant. Holy shit. I have one more. Rant. I have one more from our our cryptocurrency, in fact. Uh, the, the, we, we do that Tuesday thing. I saw a big post there that really tilted me from the the title of the post. It said, biggest decline in altcoin market cap was in 2014 at minus 86%, with a total duration of 266 days. Before a massive bounce. Today, we are sitting at a decline of 85% in 252 days. Hashtag two weeks. Hashtag two weeks? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, all right, look. So I got. I was ready to go in there and start yelling at everybody and be like, what is wrong with you? Why is this post like super upvoted? And I went in and I was proud of the R Cryptocurrency community because every top comment was like, what? It was either a joke or... Or it was like, dude, you have n- th- this is completely non-information. This has nothing to do with anything. Uh, that you cannot predict a cycle like that. What are you thinking? And I was like, yes, good job, everybody. I was I was proud of the community on that. Um, and the, my favorite top, the, my favorite comment was definitely the top comment that said, uh, "So what you're saying is we're gonna beat the record."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
1: Records are meant to be broken. Don't
0: don't buy into any of that, like, crap. This happens in fantasy football all the time, too. Like, these statistics that mean literally nothing, correlation is not causation, or just, like, these two statistics taken in a vacuum mean absolutely nothing together. That, what happened in 2014 for 266 days has literally zero fuck all to do with what's happening today.
1: Yeah, but how many yards per carry yeah, exactly. did they
2: get? Oh, my God. Yeah, this was <laughs> back in the days when I was following football <laughs> a little closer, which, hey, I might start a little bit since the Bucs decided to score some touchdowns.
0: But, <laughs> but, Don't tell him it was Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: Going back to, oh yeah, no, I know it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who cares? If he does it, I'm happy with it, as long as he's wearing a He's trying
1: to grow out his beard like Ryan yeah, Fitzpatrick.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I used to hate the statistics that involved, like, when it wasn't even the same teams, like somebody would be playing. I don't, I'm sure they still do this, but they're like, well, did you know that the, uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons have never beaten the Chicago Bears in December, <laughs> in, uh, in November, when the temperature is like, bro, not a single player on that team. Was on that that played those team. games are in either one of these teams, not the coach, not the, nobody. Why are you talking about something that happened in 1963? Shit, like that is the dumbest shit ever. Even
1: stuff like like historical, like heads up matchups, like does nothing for me, man. Like
2: yeah, like unless unless you're specifically talking about like is currently active. Oh, Peyton Manning hasn't been able to score on the Patriots defense throughout his career. Okay, fine. So like in the last three matchups, <laughs> right, right. So Bill Belichick is owning Peyton Manning. Okay, that's specific. Don't tell me what happened. To some coach that nobody on this team knows Creep's against- Creep showing his football yeah, age right now talking,
0: Yeah, he's talking about Peyton Manning He's like, wait, 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 he's still playing, right? Hold on
2: Yeah, 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 right?
1: <laughs> he's on Team Papa John's <laughs> Yeah, he's in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so now I think we're heading to the mailbag section Our buddy Cashman's showing up he asked the question what is the significance and origin of the dot io at the end of all the crypto websites my guess that i was going to post before lumaflux gave a really excellent response to the discord by the way if you want to join our discord and get involved in the conversation feel free to do so in the show notes or from our website cryptobasicpodcast.com uh my hypothesis where I ungoogled hypothesis was input output as well as what Lumaflux decided. Um, as I've dove into more computer tech sections, uh, I find the phrase input output coming up quite a bit. IOHK is obviously probably the one we're most familiar with, but the the concept of computing involves a tremendous amount of input output. So I believed that was accurate. I did not Google that, but that was also response. Yeah, that's response. that's what
0: it is. It it's that's what it stands for. And it was. It's usually tech companies that are putting that on the end of their uh, on the end of their thing. So
1: is it used outside of crypto yeah. much? I haven't seen it yeah, personally it's used
0: outside of crypto yeah. all the time. Uh, crypto adopted it from the tech world cool. and games. Games. The games are using games GG well. a lot now. Oh yeah, fancy. All right, that, that was a quick little question.
1: All right, other mailbag question from Hoddle Fuel Junkie on Twitter. My man, look at that. How name. many cups slash mugs of coffee do you drink per day?
0: i believe that kareem is the only one of us that measures is
1: this all caffeine his,
0: what no it's coffee it's coffee i believe kareem's the only one of us that measures his wait, wait, coffee wait, wait. in this, mugs or i'm sorry in, uh, no it's just it's says coffee kareem I, I, that was a troll <laughs> I, I believe kareem measures it in pots of coffee versus cups or mugs so mike how many cups or <sighs> mugs do you think you consume per day I average okay, like a average twenty ounce coffee.
1: I, I have a twenty ounce coffee like twice a week, so I probably average about forty ounces of coffee per week.
0: If you asked me this question last year, it would have been zero because I didn't drink coffee. But I I went like all the way, and now I've got like a Nespresso espresso maker and like some other stuff. So
2: with a speaker on it.
0: Yeah, no, that's not the Nespresso one. But I did get a twenty dollar uh, K cup coffee machine that had a Bluetooth speaker built in. I, I didn't know it had the Bluetooth speaker built in until it showed up. That was awesome. Uh, so I would say one cup of coffee in the morning and about 50% of the time, I'll <laughs> have one while I'm –
1: Could you imagine that meeting what at, at, K-Cups? They're like, all right, guys, here's the thought. Let's put a speaker on it.
0: That Dude, oh. that's the same thing as all the blockchain companies. Dude, that solves so, many, like, problems. Okay, that how how solves so many problems. They're like, okay, how about a coffee maker but with a speaker? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, Bluetooth speaker. That's great. That's new tech. So that's like, how about we do this but on blockchain? It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, 1.5 would be about my average. If I go like do work at a coffee shop or something, I'll drink something when I'm there because I never just go sit and don't like buy a coffee. So, uh but generally just one cup in the morning or one shot of espresso like this one.
2: Okay. Uh I would say probably we measure in cups. I would say my average is for is 3.5 cups a day maybe it, and my range is like 1 to 7 cups. <laughs>
0: Damn. Uh that that and this is why we often have to take breaks while Kareem runs to the bathroom and pees. What would you say your average morning amount of pe but before the hour of twelve PM? What is your average amount of peas in the morning?
2: Um what's three your and total what's your total
1: stream duration combined on average?
2: Well, these stream duration? I don't know, man. I have no clue. <laughs> I, Analytics, I, bro. I probably pee eight times a day for sure. Six to eight times a day. All right. Wow, so That's many.
0: All right, I got a couple other questions from. T- I threw up like a little uh, a mailbag thing on Twitter at like one in the morning. So yeah, I thought that was a good idea. It, I liked but it. Uh, we did Hoddle fuel junkie uh, here. This one is clearly directed at Kareem. Uh, Tokenomia has asked when Spanish Fork Crypto Basico podcast.
2: Si quieres saber cuándo empieza el show en español. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I can't. I couldn't. I I thought about this before because I was like, all right. First of all, the Spanish audience is way bigger, and second of all, I wouldn't have to deal with Mike and Brent. But then I remembered. <laughs> but then I remembered if it wasn't for Mike and Brent, I, there's no shot I could do this. So n- no fork. Uh, the the Spanish version will come when Mike and learn. Mike and Brent learn Spanish otherwise there will be no Spanish for So oh, no All
1: right, I'll be more than happy to translate my episodes and try my best to repeat them in Spanish. I am I am <laughs> in. totally.
0: Uh the uh, the end result is the Spanish community is probably still really pissed off at Kareem for the Monero thing when mm. when he uh Good he point. took a real hard stand that Monero meant K- money. Kareem's oh, yeah.
2: Spanish reputation I've been, I've is, been a, getting, is in the bear market. I've been getting hammered on Spanish Twitter and Spanish <laughs> uh, lips, and they, they've they been like, they really For felt those betrayed. that may not
0: have listened to the Monero episode, they're, during the Monero episode, I tried to tell Kareem what Monero meant, and he's like, no, Monero is Spanish for money. This isn't even close. What do you, I am a Spanish speaker, Brent. He's like, Brent. Brett, I can't believe that you had questioned me, of all people, yes. on this topic. And then it turned out De Niro <laughs> is okay, actually... Okay, so usually
2: they're exaggerating, but this is more or less exactly what happened. <laughs> no, they're not I, even that's exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> because we
1: always have to assume Brett's stories are probably 30% exaggerated, yeah. where mine
2: are probably like 5
1: to 10. So like, I felt like I was adding some credibility to that story.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. He's Look, listen, for sure. Brand stories normally you have to subtract a lot, but (laughs) he's he's basically telling exactly what happened.
0: Ah, all right. So finally, this one is actually addressed to Kareem. People, (laughs) this one is Kareem. Kareem, The fan Kareem exclamation point from Crypto Fan Dango, but Crypto Fan and then space Dango. Uh, Kareem, can you talk about some of your favorite artists slash artworks?
2: Talk about some of my favorite artists slash artwork. So it could be did it specify anything? It specified like artists, music slash want, artworks. TV. Slash Wait, can artwork. I include I mean, beverages I in this? Can, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> art is a, is a beverage. Uh, I don't know. Let's do this as a group. you guys want to go like different like genres, like music or what painting, books? I'm assuming it's all art. I think that's what the question is. Yeah, Do you these have are any all favorite Movies or? are art.
0: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll shotgun. I'll go with uh, uh, Goddard, uh, Michael Goddard. He is, uh, he's like an artist that paints a lot of like gambly stuff and like degenerate stuff into his paintings. So like a martini glass with a little. Yeah, stuff? There will always be like cards or dice. Or um, He's got a residency at Planet Hollywood in Vegas. His gallery is there, but like he, it's got like, um, like, I don't know, like uh, the one that I have hanging in here or actually I don't have it anymore. I I had it at some point before I started like moving every two weeks, but, uh, it was a martini glass with like a little olive stripper going around the pole of the martini glass (laughs) and then a bunch of like other little martinis, like throwing dollars at her. Or a little olives throwing dollars at the stripper, even though I hate olives. But anyway, it's like whimsical, like uh, gambly, degenerate art. It's kind of cool.
2: So I used to not be a huge fan of – I mean, I, I I saw Van Gogh in school and stuff, and I thought it was cool. But I never particularly uh, enjoyed it. But when we went to Amsterdam, we got to go to the Van Gogh Museum, and it was one of the coolest experiences I've had. It was really awesome. I think it made me like him a lot more. Uh, I also think Banksy's really cool. Yeah, Banksy's you know, like a good one. Kind of social, uh, for sure. Um, for music, I really like uh, electronic, you know, EDM, and I really like house music. I'm a big fan of people like Claptone um, or Baker Matt, if you've heard them. Uh, and authors, dead Herman Hess. I really like them.
0: I, yeah, all right. all right. I guess. Um, I want to point out that I also went to the Van Gogh Museum, did not develop any more of an appreciation for him because I took fucking shrooms and freaked out and left the museum before I got to really experience anything.
2: So I also, <laughs> I also partook in the same activity and it enhanced it. Uh, you know, Brent, I, so little, I feel, I feel so
1: bad for you, man. I I actually want to like hold your hand and take
0: you back and make sure we can do it right next <laughs> I time. I just I thought there were too many but people I, and I had to leave.
2: Mike, before you answer, just to give you guys an idea, when we were there, because there's like all these museums in this uh, park. It's like a like a little area, and they're all connected. And you know, it's Amsterdam, so the truffles are legal, and we took some with the people we were with. And we were deciding which museum we wanted to go, and it was either going to be Van Gogh, but right across from it was a Dali Banksy yeah, exhibition. Yeah, sounds way. And we oh, were like, man. oh. Yeah, but we're like, eh, I don't really want to be doing that while well I'm tripping. <laughs> it was like, like a, it was like a pop-up ex- exhibition. No, no, no. It was like in a nice. I think mm. it was a temporary exhibition in oh, okay, cool. a settled place. But it looked awesome. But I don't know, man. That art, that kind of art, can tip you in the wrong direction.
1: <laughs> um. So a couple of my answers uh, as far as artists. Um. I can't swear this is suitable for work, but alexgray.com dot com is somebody that I have a interest in owning some of the pictures or paintings at some point. That's one of the only artists that like has some stuff that I'm really interested in long term.
2: Oh yeah, I've seen his stuff before. He, he does all this well, psychedelic
1: he, stuff. Yes. He um this is if you're familiar with the band Tool, he was the one that created all their album covers and that and did a lot of stuff for them, but he's a very psychedelic uh spiritual painter, which I'm a big fan of.
2: Let me tell you something. This is gonna sound like I'm blowing smoke because of the podcast, but Obviously, I discovered Vesa because of the podcast, but his stuff is awesome. I really, really liked his stuff. You know, we interviewed him on the show, and he's got this, like, cryptocurrency pseudo, like, also, like, um not pseudo, but slash spiritual thing. And he's got some older stuff with, like, color and the stuff he did with uh, Vina Malik. It was really cool. I like his stuff a lot, too.
1: Well, whenever we get a studio for the three of us, we'll make sure to put one of his paintings in there.
0: Agreed. You know, Kareem expanded that to more um, artists and stuff like that. But who is the dude that did the Satoshi Nakamoto song?
2: <laughs> That's Grammatic. Oh, it's yeah, Grammatic. Great. Yeah, Grammatic is great. I, yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing
1: Grammatic at Huluween in October, so it's exciting.
2: Are you going for sure? Well, uh, oh, yeah, I we got want... we got tickets in April. Oh, nice. I really want to go, but we're we're doing California. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. But you're actually considering going. I mean, we want to, but it's just probably not going to happen just because we're going to California right before it, you know? But another one of our good friends is going that I saw recently, so.
1: I'm uh, going to Tennessee a, a week before and doing a 40-mile hike for oh, a few nice. days. That's going to be really yeah, sweet. Three, uh, three days of, of hiking. I'm going with my personal trainer. We made a goal like six months ago and it's made a lot of progress.
0: I'm real excited. And what since I didn't get to pick a music artist, uh, Lindsey Sterling, that she... Uh, I oh, saw her and was awesome. like, that is cool. Like I, I don't know who my favorite artist is of all time for music. I would never pick it, but she was just super interesting. And I started like
1: never heard of this person. Who Whoa. is this person?
2: Electric violinist, she's awesome. You've probably heard some of her music and didn't know it. If you heard like a really cool song that was all electric violin, but it sounded kind of like EDM ish, it was probably her. Oh.
1: I like
0: music. Yeah.
2: yeah. And she's sick. She does like ballet yeah. while she's playing violin. it's it, she's oh. super talented.
0: Yeah, definitely look her up.
2: Anything else we want to cover here?
0: No, that, that was all the uh, the questions that I pulled out. Uh, I, I
2: Oh, and Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, because cartoons oh, are yeah. art, oh. and Rick and Morty I mean, is the shit.
0: Also, Matt yeah, Stone snap, and Trey snap Parker. Snap call.
2: <laughs> yes, call. They're great artists. South Park, Mike.
0: <laughs> I really like their artistic yeah, style. I do. <laughs> they created a character that's me. I love it. Yeah, they literally made you into a digital... Yeah.
2: Or you formed your personality around a character they created. Oh,
0: oh, thanks. I came first.
2: I was born
0: (laughs) before Eric Cartman was born.
2: Yeah, I mean, the body. That's debatable. Yeah. Who you are today, Brent, was that born before Cartman? I don't know.
1: I don't know. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name was Mike. I was here with Brent and Kareem. Thanks again for tuning in.
2: The members of the Crypto Basic Podcast are not financial advisors. They are also not high art advisors. They can't tell you how much your art is worth. However, if you would like us to appreciate your art... Uh, go ahead and send it to us on Discord, and we will make up our random price, just like the future price of Ethereum. Everything's low. Bye, bye, bye. Cheap compared to yesterday. <laughs> I like
0: how you <laughs> said we don't give financial <laughs> advice, and then you said bye, bye, bye.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's just <laughs> please right. don't do that. Or do it. Yeah. Invest
1: responsibly. All right. And considering we just gave away half of our profit today, if you could do us any favors, like join our Discord, join the conversation, rate us on iTunes. And download, please. Did you say half our profit? We have no profit.
0: No, but like we were paid for one
1: episode. Half 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 our assets. What is it? Uh, Half our assets. No incoming money has a name.
0: It Uh,
1: (laughs) revenue. Right, half our revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, All right. Peace out.